So welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. Welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. I'm Izzy. Let's get rolling. I'm Izzy, and my guest today is amazing, and she is doing such amazing things, and her work is amazing, her story is amazing, and I'm going to stop saying amazing now, and I'm just going to introduce you guys to Jess. Jess, thanks for jumping on with me today. Hi, thank you. That was an amazing intro. (laughs) (laughs) I'm super excited for you to kind of tell your story. We've had a chat uh, a while ago now, and... um, Izzy decided to get engaged and push back our recording, so that's great. But um, I'm glad it worked itself out. But Life for anybody, happens, eh? it it really does. It really does. Um, for anybody that's listening, just that doesn't know who you are, do you want to give a little bit of an intro as to who you are and uh, your like current role and and what you do? I should say. Yeah, totally. So my name is Jess Dalton, and I'm a footwear designer living in London in the UK and I currently work at Dr. Martins. You told me that your current role and like what you've worked on in in your journey so far was a childhood dream of yours. Am I right? Yeah, a hundred percent. How did you how did you get here? Uh just a lot of ups and downs really. I mean my journey was definitely a roller coaster. So I think we spoke a lot last time about um me being rejected from university um so that's college to you guys um so I can remember every single university that I applied for I got rejected from and I can remember the moment so vividly I was literally opening up all the envelopes seeing all the red projections in like capital letters and I had all the letters around me on the floor and I was only 18 then, so I was obviously just like crying my eyes out. I thought my life was over. Um, and I can remember it really vividly because I was wearing a pair of black 1460 boots, obviously by Dr. Martins. And um, it's just a really great full circle moment for me now to be working there. After you dealt with that rejection, yeah. you go on um, to go to to eventually go to university and get a degree in textiles, which if like if you go back to any of the designers that I've talked to on this podcast, it's not a typical degree for most designers. And you said that you wouldn't go like if you had the chance to go back and do it all over again and go into a footwear like program, you wouldn't do that. Do you want to tell no. us as to why? No, I actually wouldn't. And it's something that I think about quite a lot. I've met so many amazing students that have been to like some of the best footwear schools here in the UK and also in the US. And my mind is always blown by the level of work, especially at that age. But I think for me, the background that I have in textiles, which is still completely related to the footwear industry, it just kind of gives me that unique point of view. And I think I approach things differently and I've always been able to tell this like throughout my career, like when I'm sat in meetings and everyone's, you know, putting their opinions forward, I always feel like my point of view is different. And that goes back to the sort of textiles and fashion training that I've had and how I sort of perceive things. You said you approach things a little differently. Do You you mentioned to me uh, you have a very diverse background with your parents. Is that something that was instilled in you like from when you were young? Yeah, it's definitely something that's had an influence on me. So I'm half Indian on my dad's side. He's actually from Fiji. 
And when I was growing up, you know, my household, there was always like beautiful printed textiles there. My mum used to be a textiles designer as well. So it's very ingrained in my aesthetic and things that I like and who I am for sure. It's honestly crazy to me, like being able to talk to you and, and hear your story. But the like one of the things that we talked about in our, our pre-recording chat was um, the three things that you really focus on and you would give this like advice to any other creatives coming up and those were hard work build yeah. relationships and, and build your contacts is that like, how would you, if there's a creative right now going through school how would you go about telling them like hey this is how you build contacts this is how you build relationships because i feel like as as creatives for so much of us like we're we're so focused on being creative that yeah. the whole like building of relationships and building contacts and and building a network is is really tough what advice would you give them yeah and you know what most creative people are like actually incredibly introverted <laughs> like even if they have super cool amazing work and sometimes and i can totally relate to that like going up to someone that you don't know in a room is like the most awkward thing ever but i think for me when I didn't get into university I was like right I ended up going to a, like a local college to do my degree um, and it wasn't in London so I had to go out to London and make all my own contacts um, and I didn't really have you know a good strong university name that I could drop so I had to really sell myself on my skills and on my personality and really put myself out there and push myself out of my comfort zone. I used to do things like I'd go on Twitter and I would just see if anyone needs help, like, assisting for a photo shoot. It wouldn't even have to be related to design. It would literally be anything. Um, and if I was free, I would just go and do it. And I would just walk into a room full of people I didn't know and just go and introduce myself to everyone. Um, and those are contacts that I still have to this day now. So it's incredibly awkward. But I think what's really great about this generation in this age is you can do all those things virtually. So I've actually written an article that touches on this. Um, it's for Breaks Magazine. Um, and it's an article aimed at young designers that need advice. And it's basically a love letter to my former self. So if you go to the link in my bio, sorry, cheeky plug, uh, on Instagram, you can find all the info there. But in terms of networking, it touches on how you should basically build your network from your peer group. So a lot of like young designers will say to me, oh, but I don't know anyone, you know, inverted commas, who's important, you know, someone who's high up in the food chain, any companies. But sometimes those aren't the people that you necessarily need to get in with. Sometimes you just need to connect with someone that's at a similar level to you or maybe just one or two steps above you that can really help you and really give you advice. Let's talk about like your time leaving university. A lot yeah. of creatives and a lot of people that get these degrees these days say, okay, I have this piece of paper. I'm going to yeah. start applying with this piece of paper and it's going to like, people are immediately going to hire me because I have this piece of paper. When in reality, we all know that that isn't the case. So how'd you land that first internship and, and talk about like how you landed like the roles in between now and those yeah. in that internship? So I think it's kind of like, rejection is something that's very normal it's just not talked about a lot like for example I did a few internships but I would say that I'd probably have to write maybe 50 cover letters and maybe I'd get like 
a handful of replies. So you have to really go big, like go hard or go home. You have to really put yourself out there. And I think also don't put yourself in a box. So don't be like, oh, my degree is this. So I can only look for opportunities that are specialising in this. Because when I finished university, my mind was just completely open because it was kind of like, well, you know, I didn't end up doing the course that I wanted to do. I just did the course that I had to do to get on to the next thing. So it was kind of like, well, you know what, that went well because I kept an open mind. So that's how I got into footwear because I was like, you know, my mind is literally open to like all opportunities. So I would say as well, like you have to apply a lot and it's definitely really disheartening. Like you will get a lot of rejections or you'll get a lot of just no replies, which totally suck as well. But you have to really diversify like where you're applying to and not put yourself not limit yourself because you're limiting your own opportunities as well this is the second time we've brought up rejection um so far in this pod like you had the rejection from university and now rejections from countless different internships and jobs and everything like that how do you deal with that i know like it, it weighs on an individual i i it weighed on me for eight months trying to find a job unemployed and it put me in a weird place how how do you personally deal with it a hundred percent. I mean, we spoke about this last time, didn't we? Because I also revealed to you that I had actually lost my job uh, in 2020 as well in the summer. So that's another rejection, yay. <laughs> um, but then also, I think for me, I know now, like this is a pattern. If you have a creative career, it's rarely like an upwards trajectory. Like it is a roller coaster. It's up and down and it takes a lot of like guts and stamina to really sustain it over a long period of time but I think for me my pattern is like if something really bad happens something really good happens afterwards always so it's like you know I didn't reach any of my university goals but I ended up forging a completely different career path that was even better than what I could have imagined for myself um, and when I lost my job last summer it was really sad and I did really like that job as well but I ended up getting a job that suited me even more than that one. Let's talk about the like your experience so far in the industry a little bit. I know you've been on big teams and you've also been on super small teams. As a creative like one person probably thrives in one and another person thrives in another or somebody likes that kind of in between. Um, Where do you lie on that like on that that scale I think I couldn't adapt myself to like any situation I think um you know like earlier we were talking about like the best advice you can give and another one of those points was you know building relationships I think to work in footwear like you really do have to be a team player a hundred percent you have to be a people person because you have to work with so many different types of people across different roles within footwear um, and I think for me, I've tried, like you said, like literally all of them. Like last summer, I was freelance as well. So I was literally working, you know, by myself in isolation. Um, but I'm someone that really thrives with like feedback and like having a bounce with people. So I would say probably a small team would be best for me. So if you had the chance to jump in a time machine yeah, and go back to that, that time where Jess was sitting on the floor in her in her Doc Martin with all those rejection letters around her. What would you tell yourself? Oh, 
You know what? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if I had, if I'd had like, yeah, the time machine, I would have been like, don't worry, it's fine, chill. But obviously, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I think at the time I was in kind of like a frenzy panic, but it was good because you know, like when you have nothing, the only place that you can go is outcry, and when all your sort of expectations are just sort of blown it's kind of like you really embrace that fear zone and once you sort of get into that fear zone and start putting yourself out there like that is when the magic happens as creatives we're constantly trying to learn something or at least master our craft even more so what do you want to master next what are you really focused on in the future i think just keep on doing what i'm doing so i think for me I don't like to put myself like in a box creatively. I think what I'm in the process of mastering at the moment is being a bit of a like handwriting chameleon. Like mm. I have my own aesthetic as people and as creatives, everyone has their own things that they like. But I think for me, I really like to push myself to be able to sort of understand um, and sort of master and harness being able to do any type of aesthetic. So that's like, you know, men's, women's, streetwear, you know, I'd also like to maybe push some of like my own textile stuff, whether it's in my footwear work or just something that I do on the side. Yeah. Because I thoroughly love that part as well. It, it's kind of tough right now um, because if you look around the landscape of just design, we don't see the, it, we see a lot of women. But yeah. the, the people that are put on these pedestals uh, are, are male. And um, it's, it's tough uh, for a, a ton of different people out there to constantly say like, oh, I want to be a footwear designer. Yeah. But then when you look at the people you're supposed to look up to, they look nothing like you. Yeah. Um, and they might not even be the same gender. Yeah. Um, so what, what advice would you give to the, the female creative coming up right now that that doesn't see herself in in anything like in in the in the rooms uh that she wants to be in or anything like that yeah I think that was definitely a curveball for me like when I entered the industry and it wasn't something that I'd ever thought of you know as a creative you just think like it's going to be like a movie it's fashion it's going to be like (laughs) mega glamorous and yeah there will be lots of women in a you know top positions but unfortunately that is not the reality that we're living in um it is changing slowly but i guess the advice i would give is that you have to be the change so you have to you know dominate your space and you know take up space in those meeting rooms um and also not feel disheartened if you look around the room and you don't see anyone that looks like you because that is actually your superpower. You have a unique perspective and you're there. If you're already in the room, you're winning. You're there for mm. a reason. So you should feel confident and empowered to just sort of express your viewpoint. Jess, what makes you strange on purpose? I think probably my design journey. And I think that's something that I've just come to own and absolutely love. Like, I wouldn't have wanted one of those you know crazy impressive design journeys where it's like i've been to this amazing school and this amazing school and like all these internships i think what's made me strange on purpose is having this proper like hodgepodge of weird experience i love all the advice that you give out on an everyday basis even the the chat that we had you you gave out advice that was just like not directed at me but i i took it as directed as at me and i I absolutely loved it so 
just um, if people are listening to this episode, like I want to ask her a question or I, I really want to follow in her, her footsteps or in her journey. I want to follow her on Instagram or anything like that. Where can people f- follow you? Where can people find out more? And Yeah, so the DMs are always open. So if you just follow me on Instagram, my handle is Jess Dalton Footwear, FTW. Um, and yeah, if you're a young designer, women, women of colour especially, the DMs are always open for you. Well, Jess, I appreciate you jumping on the Strange on Purpose podcast, and I look forward to what's in the future. So welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. Welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. I'm Izzy. Let's get rolling. <laughs>